This is episode number 44 of the Raising Mums podcast. In our homeschool, we do our best to try to implement the Charlotte Mason philosophy of education. If you have no idea what that means, or you'd like to know a little bit more, then this is just the episode for you. Welcome to Raising Mums, a live weekly broadcast streaming on Facebook and Instagram that inspires mums to live with purpose and intention, to raise their children mindfully, and empowers mothers everywhere to own their lives and thrive doing it. Charlotte Mason homeschooling. Why do I talk about it so much? What's it all about? How can it impact your family? And why has it become the most popular way of homeschooling? in the US. Assalamu alaikum everybody. Welcome to the Raising Mums podcast. Um, I'm Dr. Gemma Elizabeth. I'm the founder of the award-winning blog, Our Muslim Homeschool, um, and the creator of the homeschooling course, Launch Your Homeschool. So this is the Raising Mums podcast. It comes out twice a week on a Wednesday at 3pm and Sunday at 4pm. Um, and if you want to catch up on any of the previous episodes, you can find them on Facebook, on IGTV, on YouTube, and on my blog, Our Muslim Homeschool. So before we jump in, while people are just logging on now, I just want to let everybody know who might be interested, just to make sure that everyone knows that my homeschooling course, Launch Your Homeschool, is opening up again for new students. Um, It's a very limited time period that we're opening up. It's just the 5th of July to the 11th of July. So Monday the 5th to Sunday the 11th is when we're opening up to new students. And this course is for parents who want to start homeschooling, but they are completely overwhelmed and don't know where to begin. They don't know where to start. And so I will hold your hand um, through the whole process. I will help you to choose the best resources for your family, um, how to teach you how to craft a curriculum that aligns with your family's values and beliefs. I will teach you how to set up systems in your home so that your days run more smoothly. And I'll teach you very importantly, time management techniques so that you can homeschool your children and do the 101 other things that you do in your day. Um, We have had hundreds of students go through the course and actually some of those students are, some of those mums are already homeschooling. They've been homeschooling for a while but they wanted to reset. They felt like homeschooling wasn't going the way they planned and they want to reset so they are also a part of the course and so if that applies to you you're also very welcome to join Launch Your Homeschool. And the way that I teach the course aligns with the Charlotte Mason philosophy. So if you're interested in Charlotte Mason, this course is a great way for you to to dip your toes in. It helps you to set the foundations so that as you continue learning about Charlotte Mason and continue growing in that way, you don't have to scrap everything you've already done, like I had to do a few years ago, and start over. Rather, you just build upon where you already are at. So if if you do, if you're interested in Launch Your Homeschool, make sure you put your name on the waiting list, launchyourhomeschool.com, and doors open on the 5th of July. So make sure you put that in your calendar and tell your friends, because it's only open for a very short time. Inshallah. Right, so today we're talking about Charlotte Mason. Everywhere you look online, someone is talking about Charlotte Mason homeschooling. If you're part of homeschooling groups on Facebook, Instagram, Charlotte Mason pops up everywhere and it has become the most popular way of homeschooling in the US at least. And so I want to talk a little bit about that because we've seen a real revival uh, in Charlotte Mason's teachings um, and it's become very, very popular, especially, I would say, amongst Muslims 
and people of faith in general. Um, and I want to, you know, to talk about Charlotte Mason in this very short space of time is a little bit nerve wracking for me. It's kind of impossible to give you the scope of how wonderful it is, but I do want to at least whet your appetites um, and give you a little taste of what a Charlotte Mason education could look like for your children. I am not um, being overly sentimental to say that Charlotte Mason philosophy has changed my children's lives and my life in a huge way. It has enriched our lives far more than I could ever imagined. When I first picked up those books about Charlotte Mason, went on those blogs, watched YouTube videos, I could never have envisioned how much it would change our lives for the better, how it would enrich things and the way we live. Even my husband, you know, the way that our family dynamic works has been blessed by using the Charlotte Mason method. So Charlotte Mason was an educator from Victorian England. So that is over a hundred years ago. So many of you are instantly thinking, what has Charlotte Mason from a hundred years ago got to do with me now? Surely it's all out of date now. You know, there are more modern things that have come up now, science, etc. How can it still be relevant? Charlotte Mason was a great observer of children. She was a teacher. She was an educator. She was many other titles you could give her. But really her, her skill from my perspective is that she was a great observer of children. She watched, she watched how do they actually learn? How do they learn? What do they need? And how can we bring those two things together? How can we create an educational philosophy that actually works for a child in its very natural way? So um, when she was creating this educational philosophy, it was a time of huge reform in England. So it was a time of the Industrial Revolution. Everything was becoming industrialized, including schools. And a lot of people voiced their concerns, including Charlotte Mason, but also it was the same time as Montessori. It was the same time as Rudolf Steiner set up the Waldorf schools. We have Dickens at that time as well, talking about schools and things in his literature. Um, there was the, the poets like Wordsworth who were writing about his sort of yearning to go back to nature and the way things used to be. So it was a time in England where there was a lot of upheaval and things were moving away from, from the natural way it should be. It was more about industrialization, consumerism, and there was less focus on the child. And Charlotte Mason and all those other people wanted it to go back to looking at the child's needs. Charlotte Mason was a Christian. She was a woman of faith. And if you read any of her works, you cannot escape that. Um, it is interwoven in everything that she writes. But I, from my perspective, I take that as a comfort that for her, in her educational philosophy, God is central. Everything pours into God. God is at the center of the way she views education. It's not a separate thing that we tag on on the side. It's not a little bit of dusting of God on top. God is central to everything and everything feeds into that. So whether you're looking at science um, and how, how science brings us back to remembering God or even maths and the perfection of of the universe and how that brings us back to God or literature or anything you want to think about. It is a very God-centric way of teaching your children, which is something at her time, 
slowly faith was being stripped away from education. And we see that now today. Children in school today, it's okay to teach your children about homosexuality. It's okay to teach for children to hear about that, but children cannot hear about God in the classroom. And that is mind-blowing, really, unless, of course, they're in a religious school. So she was a woman of faith, and I find comfort in that, in her respect for children. Um, and she respected children primarily because of a reverence for their soul. And we all feel that as Muslims. We know that, that Allah has given those children, to, they put those children in our care, that soul in our care, for us to take care of, to be the custodians of that soul. And we take that very, very seriously. And so did Charlotte Mason. Um, she, the way she approached teaching, as I said, is that she observed children and really the way that they learnt. Um, and so when you go into her philosophy and the way she teaches you to teach, it's a very natural way of learning for children. It's, it's something that comes naturally, like many of you will have heard of narration. And if you're not familiar with that, it is simply the telling back of what the children have heard. What the children learn in that lesson, they tell it back. This is something that comes naturally to many, many kids. And it's just one example of how the Charlotte Mason philosophy works with the innate nature of the child and not against it. Um, now, that does not mean, and this is a big misconception about Charlotte Mason, this does not mean that that way of teaching is easy or it's just about poetry and nature and it's very wishy-washy. The Charlotte Mason way of teaching is so rigorous. It's not easy. I don't like the word rigorous, to be fair, but it's it's very thorough. Um, it's one of the, the important premises of a Charlotte Mason education is that you give a broad a broad feast, she calls it, a broad curriculum. So I'm going to read you a list of some of the subjects that a child, a primary age child would, would be studying using the Charlotte Mason philosophy. I think some of these might be older primary school, but you still get the idea. Okay, I'm going to read out a list. Forgive me if this is boring, but I, I think it's really important for you to understand that Charlotte Mason is not an easy way to teach your children. You're not, um, you know, it's very thorough and it's... <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my, my dad is calling me from uh, for Father's Day. Bless him. Sorry about that. Right. Um, so the subject for the Charlotte Mason education. Reading, spelling, grammar, writing, dictation, copywork, Shakespeare, poetry, composition, mathematics, science, which includes all the sciences and nature study, history, geography, art, Foreign languages, picture study, which you can call art appreciation, music, music appreciation, outdoor education, time outdoors, physical education and technology or handicrafts. That is not an easy wishy-washy way of, of educating your children. That is beautiful. I mean, that is offering your child really a feast for their minds. Um, and so sometimes people get that misconception when they go on Instagram or Facebook and they see children painting flowers um, or you know people having poetry and tea and they think that it's just that. It's not at all. That is a part of it and it's a lovely part of it, um, but it's not all. It's just the other parts don't necessarily make the prettiest pictures. Um, so uh, let me see my notes. So 
Yes, not only is it a very broad education that you're giving your children, a, a broad feast, a breadth of subjects, but also the material that you use must not be what Charlotte Mason calls twaddle. So twaddle is... Twaddle is, is books, for example, that don't really give your children anything, and their mind anything to, to work on. So let's compare twaddle with what she calls living books. So, for example, instead of Diary of a Wimpy Kid or David Walliams, how about Railway Children or Hans Christian Andersen? The same, it's not just books. You want to give them the best, the best of books, the best of resources, the best of culture. So instead of Netflix and Dancing with the Stars, how about exposing them to classical art, classical and traditional music, um, you know, your folk songs from the countries that you live in, uh, the best of your culture rather than whatever modernity offers now to the mainstream public. So that is a big part of the Charlotte Mason is developing a taste for really what is good and wholesome um, and not what is necessarily popular in the mainstream. Another way um, that, you know, Charlotte Mason education might differ from, from what you're doing now is um, the use of living books. So I mentioned that before. A living book is essentially a book that is infused with ideas. So your child picks up this book and it feeds their mind in a way that is deeper than the superficial. It inspires their imagination. It makes them want to learn more. If you were to pick up that book and read it, you would also find it fascinating. So a quick example, just because we don't have much time, but I want to give you an example. This is, what is this? GCSE textbook, okay? Somebody gave this to us. You will all be familiar with the GCSE textbook, what it looks like inside, okay? This is what our children learn from at school. This is what I learned from at school, this type of setup. You have you know, your facts written out, bullet pointed. Um, you have a few words that you have to memorize, terminology. Um, and then you have some comprehension questions at the end to answer, checklists, facts. Pretty uninspiring, unless you happen to be fascinated with that specific topic. Compare that to a living book, okay? This is a beautiful book. This is An Owl in the House by Bernard Heinrich, okay? It's the story of a of an owl that was orphaned and this, uh, it's a true story, and this man reared the, the owl at home uh, and, and then released it. Beautiful story, my, my eight-year-old read it, loved it. So this book is a book filled with ideas. So you, your child will learn about food webs, food chains, all the, you know, all the things about energy, consumption, I mean, all the things, as well as conservation, um, as well as just the importance of taking care of, you know, being the custodians of this earth, of showing kindness to animals. It's inspiring. The photographs, the illustrations, the way it's written is with using rich language. It's not babyish, twaddly language. It's beautiful. If I read this book, I would love it. If you read this book, you would love it. Um, it's such a lovely, lovely story. Um, and... This is a perfect example of a living book. This teaches biology and this teaches biology. Now, you may say, okay, but to read this book is going to take a lot longer than to do a couple of pages in this. I completely agree. I completely, there's no doubting that. However, I would question 
after reading this book or reading the few pages from this book, which one is going to stay with you? Which one are you going to remember? After how many days do you forget a textbook, what you read in a textbook? You answer the questions, you get 10 out of 10, and then it's forgotten. This book will stay with you probably, may many, maybe for the rest of your life. Um, it's one of those books that really impacts the heart, inspires children, it, it sparks their imagination, it provokes an emotional reaction, which is really what makes those memories last. So that is a big part of the Charlotte Mason philosophy, is giving books that are worth reading um, and, and tapping into that long-term memory rather than just superficial, um, the superficial. Uh, what else have I got to say about this? So yes, so the Charlotte Mason philosophy, if you've not already gathered, really focuses on ideas. It's an education of ideas. So you can compare that to Montessori, which, again, they were contemporaries. The Montessori is an education of senses, um, focusing on stimulating the senses, whereas uh, the Charlotte Mason is an education of ideas, stimulating the mind. Of course, there's overlap. Of course, Montessori was interested in stimulating the mind. And of course, Charlotte Mason was interested in stimulating the senses. But it was just a different focus. Um, so that is the focus of the Charlotte Mason philosophy. And when you give children living ideas, these worthy ideas, they feed off one another. They inspire the child to keep digging, keep wanting to know more. They learn something in history and they remember, oh, that reminds me of something that we read about in, in his literature book, which reminds him of the country that he's learning about in his geography lesson. And everything is interconnected. And that is what Charlotte Mason calls the science of relations, that all knowledge is interconnected. And again, this comes back to God, because of course, of course, all knowledge is connected, because knowledge all comes from the same source, from the divine. And so Charlotte Mason really encouraged children to make those connections. You know, we have separated subjects off into, you know, math, science and history and all of those things for our own convenience, for our own learning. But the reality is, of course, that everything is connected. And Charlotte Mason's education encourages children to make those connections. Um, the Charlotte Mason philosophy also puts a lot of emphasis on the atmosphere in your home. In other words, what you prioritize in your home, the example you're setting to your children in your home, um, all of those things are very important to a child's education. Uh, she also talks a lot about habit training and training children to have good manners um, and other habits that are important. And that's really important, part of our faith, you know, that children learn, learn, you know, to say the du'as at the correct time, to take their shoes off, small things like that, as well as having manners with people. You know, that's a big part of our faith as well. Um, and as far as I know, I might be wrong, there's no other homeschooling methodology that puts as much focus on the mother as Charlotte Mason. She really talks extensively about how a mother needs to take care of herself, especially her mind, to keep her mind sharp. And she, she gives examples of how to do that. And that's a big part of the Charlotte Mason philosophy is the mother taking care of herself, which has been coined mother culture um, by various people. But that is a big part of the philosophy. And isn't that beautiful? That the mother as well is considered in this big picture of homeschooling, and it's not just the children. Um, 
you know, the more I learn about Charlotte Mason, the more I learn about this philosophy of education, and the more I see it, you know, the see implemented in my own children and the results from it, and I see the results from other people who I coach and support um, online, the more I am absolutely certain that this is the way forward for homeschooling parents. I, and I have such conviction in that, that even if you could just add a something from the Charlotte Mason philosophy into your homeschooling, it would be enriched, it would enrich your life and especially your children's life um, in huge ways. And I, I am very passionate that Charlotte Mason philosophy is the way forward. And I'm, that's why I, I teach about it. That's why my course is based upon it. Um, it has transformed my children's learning and education and my own life um, and my family dynamic as well. And I just want, I want more people to know about it so that it can benefit your children and your families as well. Um, if you've got any questions, by all means, put them in the comments now. I've got a little bit of time for questions. Um, if you're on Instagram, it's much easier for me to find your questions if you put it in the bubble at the bottom with a question mark. Um, if, if you don't mind, I can try and scroll through, but I might miss a question. So if you can put it in the bubble at the bottom with a question mark, that would be perfect. Um, so if, you know, if you're part of Launch Your Homeschool already, or you're planning to join us in July, you know that the course is set up to give you that foundation in the Charlotte Mason philosophy that you can build upon because you can't learn it uh, in just one course. It's, a, it's something that takes many, many years of study and implementing and, you know, it's not a small task, but this course, Launch Your Homeschool, does set you off on that track. Um, you'll, the, we have a lesson within the course as well that introduces Charlotte Mason in a bit more depth and how it actually does align beautifully with our faith um, and you know as well that we have our book club as well to continue your learning in the Charlotte Mason philosophy. So the first book that we're reading in the book club together is For the Children's Sake. Um, this is one of those books that every Charlotte Mason homeschooler, I think, has read. Um, and many attribute it to them beginning their journey into Charlotte Mason. So that's the first book that students of the course are going to be looking at together. Uh, then we're going to be looking at When Children Love to Learn by Elaine Cooper. Actually, this is a collection of essays from various people, uh, and it talks about how to practically implement Charlotte Mason in your home. And then we're looking at another book, which I've already thrown over there, um, which is Charlotte Mason Made Easy by Stephanie Wamsey, I think, which again goes just a little bit closer to Charlotte Mason's actual words, um, until, inshallah, the hope is in that book club, we will actually start reading Charlotte Mason's volumes together um, as a group, all the students together, inshallah. That is the plan. So anyway, if you would like to put your name on the waiting list for that course, launchyourhomeschool.com. Uh, put your name down there and nearer the time you'll get all the details about the course sent to you. So let's have a little look if we've got any questions um, on Facebook. Uh, Bismillah. Okay, so Esma has asked, how different are the other homeschooling philosophies? Um, I mean, I think practically to look at them, there are some significant differences if you look at the external, you know, appearance of things. But I think when you dig a little deeper, they all have the same focus, which is the child. You know, sometimes mainstream schools 
their focus can't always be the child. It gets caught up in the logistics of, you know, managing hundreds of kids. It gets caught up in political things, what's going on in government, what's going on in mainstream culture, all of those kinds of things. All of the homeschooling philosophies that I'm aware of, the focus is always on, okay, let's just look at the child in front of us. What does that child need? What's best for that child? Um, I think that's the best way I can answer that briefly. Uh, and I have already mentioned that dif that main difference between Montessori and, and Charlotte Mason is that Charlotte Mason is an education of ideas, focusing on feeding the mind. Um, Montessori is an education of the senses. Um, okay, so Rosa says, slow down, 50 nature stories is a great first science book. I don't know that one, Rose. I'm going to have to Google that. That sounds really interesting. Okay, um, thank you so much. Um, okay, so Anam has said that in Pakistan they don't have a lot of the books which are mentioned on Ambleside Online and on other Charlotte Mason uh, websites. What do you suggest? Can you suggest ebooks and an exact curriculum for our term? I can't suggest an exact curriculum for your term, um, Anam, because I I don't know you, I don't know your children, I don't know their ages. I don't know your your priorities or your aims or your goals for your children. Um, I don't know if you're in my course. If you are in my course, then you know I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching to students. Um, so that might be something that you might want to, to book yourself in for that. But in terms of what you can get in Pakistan, you'd want to go to um, the best place to get eBooks online that are for free. So you can get them from, oh, I'm going blank. Somebody help me. I know that you guys are all know. You're shouting at the screen right now. Where do you get free ebooks from? Archive. That's one. Archive.org. Uh, LibriVox is for audiobooks. You know, Ambleside Online, sister, a lot of those books that they recommend can be, can be found online for free. And if you go to their curriculum list, there'll be a funny little symbol next to the title of the book. If you click on that funny little symbol, it will take you to the free online copy of that book. Um, I hope that helps, inshallah. Okay, I think we'd, oh, we have a few more questions. Susan has asked, how can Charlotte Mason philosophy be implemented for high school? The same way we implement it for primary school, you will want to, if you're able to, you want to read school education. Can you see that? You want to read volume three. Um, if you want to go to the exact sources. Um, but yeah, a lot of people use Charlotte Mason philosophy in high school. And then just before it's time to take the exams, they get those awful revision guides that I showed you and we'll just cram that. And then, I mean, they are so well set up for, for further education. It's, it's, you're, what the Charlotte Mason philosophy will do will set them up really well to be able to express themselves well, to write well, um, to be interested in a wide range of subjects. So they're very, it's very easy for them then to go on into higher education. So if that's a concern, you really don't need to worry. But from practical point of view, what I've seen people do is they will continue using the Charlotte Mason philosophy right up until the exam. And then perhaps a year before the exam or maybe six months, they'll get all those revision guides in and start preparing for the exam um, using them. Um, 
Okay. Let's give Instagram a turn. Let's have a look what we've got here. So Umi in the city has asked, can we just join the book club? Oh, um, unfortunately, not at the moment. We want to keep the, the groups relatively um, intimate so that we can actually have a discussion. The discussions are on Zoom. So it's really nice for our community to like, see one another, get to know one another, um, and to talk through the books and share ideas. Um, that's why we're not, I'm not opening up to the wider public, just to keep the groups um, at a manageable size. Um, can you tell us the name of the book about the owl? Okay, I'll just grab it. It's called An Owl in the House, A Naturalist Diary by Bernd Heinrich. I'm gonna show you that. That's his surname, An Owl in the House. Okay. It's a lovely book, really, really beautiful. Okay. Um, so how do we know it's a great question. How do we know a good book when we see it, um, especially for kids? So, first of all, open that book up. You, it's helpful to see the physical book. I know it's not always possible when you shop online, but at least try and take a look. On Amazon, you can do that sometimes. And read the first page. Are you interested in that book? Would that grab your attention? Or are you just buying it because of some marketing on the front page that says, teacher approved or, or something on the front. Open the book up and read it. Does it grab you? Does it spark your imagination? Uh, does it sound interesting? I think that's the first place to start. Would you be happy to read that book? Um, in which case, it's probably a living book. Um, but there, there is a whole category. There's a whole list of things that I could list off for you. Um, I don't want to keep plugging. It's in my course, if you're going to join the course. If you're not going to join the course, Google it, living book living book criteria for a living book and inshallah you will come across something um but if you are going to be joining the course i have a whole module about that and we talk about that extensively um so uh dr asna has said i wish to homeschool my kids but i don't know where to start okay so this is really i mean you're not alone there so many people feel that way it's very overwhelming um I would really encourage you to start small. Um, if your kids are currently in school, I would just use, you know, maybe do half an hour on the weekend of teaching them something, anything, in whatever way you like. Read them a book, do an art project, do something small if you're not already and see if you actually enjoy it. Because there are many people who like the idea of homeschooling but actually when they start doing it, they realize, you know what, this is not for me. I actually don't want this way of life. I don't enjoy this. And so it's better to find out now. So just do a little bit of something, try out if you enjoy spending that much time with your kids and teaching your kids um, and learning alongside your kids. That's a really big part of homeschooling is that you are learning with them. See if you enjoy that. Um, start with, I would start with subjects that you enjoy or that your kids really enjoy. And the reason for that is you're off to a good start then. You know, you're gonna get a good response. If, if they're really into maths and you start with maths, then they're gonna be enthusiastic. You're gonna get encouraged by that um, and you're gonna to wanna to move forward. If you start with something that they're already struggling with, they're straight away gonna give you resistance. You're going to think, oh, this is too hard. I don't want to do this. And instantly you're gonna get a negative 
experience of homeschooling. So start with something that either you like or your child like. Um, and then after that, join my course, Launch Your Homeschool, where I will take you by the hand and guide you through that process of how to start homeschooling. Get your curriculum ready, uh, crafting your own curriculum, creating a routine for your family, setting up systems in your home. I'll show you all of that inside of the course. Ah, oh, so um, Sister Pei has said she wants to go back to the course. Do you still have access? Yes, you have lifetime access, Pei. I remember that you were one of the very first people to enroll. Um, you have lifetime access to the course. Uh, you can go back and rewatch those videos again and again, as many times as you want. Um, you will also get access to any upgrades that I've made. So um, all the improvements that I've made since you first started, you'll get access to all of them. You get access to the book club, everything you should still have access to. If you're having any trouble logging, logging in, forgotten your password, just send me an email and either myself or somebody from my team will, will help you log back on, inshallah. Okay, I think we should wrap it up here now. My voice is going again. I'm not used to these lives. I used to do them so often. Um, but if you would, I'd love for you to join me again on Wednesday. So Wednesday, three o'clock in the afternoon, British time. I'm going to be addressing the issue of, do you need a qualification to teach your children? What, do you, what qualifications, what experience would be helpful to homeschool your children? And we're going to be talking about that on Wednesday at three o'clock. I hope that you will join me then. Um, otherwise, thank you all for being here. It's great to see so many of you here. I really appreciate you taking time out of your day on Sunday uh, to join me here. So have a lovely day. Take care of yourself. And I will see you on Wednesday, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.